This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey everyone, this is an Art History Babes reboot of the Haunted Paintings episode that was originally released on October 16th in 2017, many moons ago, when COVID-19 was just a twinkle in a bat's eye. One of the paintings that we talk about in this episode is at the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas, and I actually was able to see it in person last summer in 2019 when I was in Austin, and I can confirm that it was haunted. Well, maybe not haunted, but it was very creepy. So there's that. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Nat. I'm Ginny, and we are the Art History Babes. Spooky times. Oh, I can't believe it's been a year since we did the last, like, Halloween series. Yeah. I know. That is kind of the, that's a good marker, because not, right? all, not none of our other episodes have really been, like, an annual thing. No. I feel like this yeah. is the first, like, kind of milestone that we can be like, oh, wait. Yeah. That's we did very, one of these. That's very true. This time last year was... It was a different world. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Sitting in, in Ginny's cottage. Now we're in Corey's cottage. Yeah. <gasps> cottage cottage hopping. Different places. Same faces. <laughs> yes. Boom. Fucking profound. <laughs> it is October. Mm-hmm. It is the the Halloween month. It's Halloween, everybody. It is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on this month. There is. Halloween. I'm gonna be older. That's true. Yeah. Well, technically, you're older every day. So. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Shit. I'm gonna be more like <laughs> ceremonially older. Yeah. Another full year. Older. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> According to societal norms yeah. of how we mark. Yes. <laughs> how long we've been on this earth. So on this super spooky Halloween episode. <laughs> we are going to talk about haunted paintings. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Researching this was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Especially because so much of what I was seeing were talking about these haunted paintings and being like, people swear that the eyes follow them. And I'm just like, that's any good portrait. Like, Mm -hmm. a good portrait, the eyes look like wherever you are in the room, they're making eye contact with you. Like, that's not... That's a Mona Lisa, bro. Yeah, it's not because it's haunted. Like, my portrait of my old dog, Pearl, does that because I put a lot of time into that. (laughs) And her eyes follow you. It's not because she's inhabiting the painting, which would be cool. She might be, though. That's true. You do have, like, a supernatural connection to Pearl, so That's true. there could be something. <laughs> Bad example, but I agree. I agree with the sentiment. But we did find some allegedly haunted paintings mm-hmm. that are worthy of discussion. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think we should also, um, we should pull them up as we talk about them. Oh, yeah, because they're, they're so, they are all pretty creepy. Yeah, they're creepy. In, and really unique ways uh yes this one this is easily my favorite like i love this one so much it's so odd sorry 
I didn't I didn't zoom in on this one before. I love it. Yeah, it's, I love it, it so much. It's a creepiness that kind of surprises you kind of, the more you look yeah, at it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me actually of some of like Helenbein's paintings. Mm. Some of the of, like the girls and stuff. Mm. Like that totally looks like his weird little I shouldn't say weird deformed doll like yeah. yeah. girls. Yeah, I can I can see that earlier. Stuff, well, this but... is a doll. It's it is an actual doll okay. in this painting, um, but it's a creepy ass doll. Um, so the name of the painting is "The Hands Resist Him" by Bill Stoneham, which is a terrifying name. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Stoneham was not trying agenda. to like make any bones about this. Not at <laughs> all. Uh, it was painted in 1972, and it is an image of a young boy. Standing next to a young girl slash doll. They are standing in front of a window, like a a full-scale window. And there are, if you look really closer, creepy little hands, like, shining through the dark. (laughs) Shining. (laughs) Behind this little boy. And (laughs) according to Stonem, this image is based on a photograph of him and a neighborhood girl when he was five years old. So this whole image is based on an actual Uh. image, which makes it even creepier. In terms of symbolism, the door is supposed to be a representation of the dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy slash impossibility. And the creepy little doll girl is supposed to be his escort into I don't Oh it says Beatrice. Uh, <laughs> uh yes. I wouldn't follow that that doll anywhere. Well, that doll like, is she holding him at gunpoint? What? No, it, it just looks like it from the Oh angle. no it does look like that. That Wait. actually makes a lot of sense because there's the, that connects that to something. That looks like something. a gun or a hair dryer. Yeah. A tiny hair dryer. <laughs> so that that connects to something in the story. I don't think it's meant to be a gun necessarily. I feel like it's my angle that's kind of making it I'm that way. It's the it's the window pane, uh, or what's that called? The window uh, tracing. Yeah. Like the frame? Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know what the hell she's That's holding. There's something glass. like, there's something coming off of it, though. It's not a gun. Yeah, she's holding something, and then it's connecting to the tracing in the window, and that's what it looks like, the barrel. But that is foreshadowing. Um, so. Yeah, dude. Oh, uh, um, so we made this creepy painting. In 1972, his first wife, Roan, wrote a, p- a poem called Hands Resist Him oh. uh, that was actually about Stoneham's experience of being adopted. Oh. And so he took that and used it, I guess, as inspiration for this painting. <laughs> I wish I had, like, the actual poem. Like, that could be interesting. But I'm kind of glad you don't. <laughs> Stoneham's wife had written this poem. And Stoneham had a deadline. Uh, he was under contract with Charles Feingarten to produce two paintings for his gallery. Mm. And he was he was getting close to his deadline, and he had to knock out two paintings. So he used his wife's poem as inspiration in this picture of him as a child. And he made this painting as oh. one of those paintings. <laughs> I don't like it. And then it was purchased later on. It was purchased by the actor John Marley, who was one of the producers of The Godfather. He's also in The Godfather. <laughs> he's he's the guy, the the guy with the with the a uh, thick neck. No, the head, the the oh. horse head. Is it oh, a horse head? Oh, yes, yes, in in the bed. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who could forget? uh, Yeah, well, he bought this painting. Hilarious. I just have so many questions about that. Like, Like, did he love it? Or, like, was he given advice from a, you know, certain type of art? To be 100% honest, if I walked into a gallery and I saw this painting and it was, like, cheap, I'd probably buy it. Really? It's it's (laughs) weird as fuck. And, like, that's why I want it. I mean, I don't want to say it's bad either. Like, I don't... It's just weird. And I... So I think I would have been... It's a conversation piece. Exactly. I think I would have been attracted to it in some way. And if it was, like, cheap enough, I might be like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I like some dark art that people are like, why would you ever like that? And so I guess, yeah, I, I, I understand. But this one really just gives me an uh-oh feeling. It's dark, but it's also, like, really perplexing. I think that's why I like it. Yeah. Like, it's like you don't even know what to really make of what's so, happening yeah. here. It reminds me of Helenvine, but also Mario, that Spanish painter that did the young children. Children, like the little street urchins and peasants. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, I wrote my paper about it and broke. So it yes. looks like a cross of those yes. two artists to me, which just makes me feel so 
unsettled. Well, you are not the only person to feel that way. So it was purchased by by John Marley. He had it for a couple of years, I think. And then it kind of disappeared for 26 years and popped up. That's even creepier. I know, right? It just kind of like disappeared and it popped up behind a um, California brewery brewery turned art space. (laughs) So I wonder if it's in the area. Like, I bet you that's a Northern California place. Yeah, right? That's that sounds a very Northern California. Yeah. <laughs> so, to kind of start this, you know, why is this painting haunted, urban legend thing, the first kind of weird thing outside of the painting itself is that between 1978, which I believe was the year that John Marley bought the painting, 1978 and 1984, Three people associated with the painting died. I, there was another source that said all three people died in the same year. So I don't know. It was either it was either between seventy eight and eighty four, or it was just one year. It's really hard uh, to maybe like, they research ghost stories because you're like really because nobody like nobody takes them seriously enough to actually get their facts right. Because like, yeah, one source said it was this longer time frame. It's obviously creepier if they all died in one year. Yeah, maybe um, maybe they were in contact between those years, and then maybe they died in the same year. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. I, this is, I'm making this up, everyone <laughs> We're just home. trying yeah, to... this is speculation. We're just trying to uh, decipher some... We're just trying to ghost There's detectives. There's a lot of, like, supposedly and, like, from a source. Yeah, exactly. Right. Articles. Like, it's like uh, creepypasta. You know creepypasta? Yeah, I definitely know creepypasta. It, it's that kind of thing where it's like... So much of, like, folklore and ghost stories, like, people just add things in and be like, oh, this will make it even fucking creepier. And I still love it. Yeah. And there's obviously points of truth to it, but it does make it difficult You lose the history, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. Creepypasta is also, all I think about is, I know we've talked about it. Slender Man. Slender Man. Fuck. Did you see that documentary? Yeah, dude. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Yeah, yeah. The reality was creepier than yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's real. Well, I knew about Slenderman because my ex boyfriend is into video games and weird shit, and he <laughs> he knew about it, like the video game of yeah. it. Yeah, and he was like, "It's terrifying," and I was like, "Whatever, I hate video yeah. games." And then he showed it to me, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, that is actually pretty terrifying." <laughs> yeah, that if you haven't seen that, you should. It's an HBO documentary about the the Slenderman mm-hmm. attempted murder by like. Two very young girls. 12-year-olds. Yeah, 11 and 12. I think they stabbed an 11-year-old, but the 12-year-olds did it. They just recently, actually it's been in the news a lot recently because they just, they're not going to jail, which I think is good. They're going to like mental. One of them was diagnosed with schizophrenia. schizophrenia, Yeah, yeah. they were clearly very mentally disturbed at the time. Yeah. Yeah, they were 12 years old. So they've been sentenced to like you know, mental health, which is, like, you can't put a 12-year-old in prison. <laughs> like, no, no. And thank God the little girl that they attacked lived. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. that at least. It's good. Sure. But it's a crazy documentary. You should check that out for sure. And, yeah, Creepypasta actually had a role in, in all this. I think there's, in some of the different things I've read, there's, you know, all these these different places that took this legend of this painting by Bill Stoneham and just kind of rolled with it and yeah. Creepypasta was one of them. Yeah. So yeah, all of these very reputable sources. <laughs> really. Um, that's okay. We're ghost detectives today. Our yes. history babes, ghost detectives. Yes. <laughs> that goes off the tongue. Right? It really does. <laughs> so three people associated with the painting died and it was Charles Feingarten who was the owner of that gallery mm-hmm. that Stoneham had made the painting for then John Marley from God the Godfather he died and then Henry Seldes who was an art critic for the Los Angeles Times and he wrote the work's first press mention Huh. So all three of them died, I don't know, sometime. Shortly <laughs> sometime. Yeah, sometime close to being in contact with this painting. And so that kind of started this whole urban legend-y thing. Well, I mean, it didn't, I guess, really start it there because the painting disappeared for a very long time and no one knew anything about it. But then it showed back up and in 2000, it was listed on eBay. This is where oh, that's right. shit gets that's right. real fun. So it was listed on eBay, and I'm going to read to you possibly one of the most interesting little eBay descriptions I have ever read in my life. Okay, here we go. It's in all caps, too. <laughs> like, yeah. the whole thing's in caps. When we received this painting, we thought it was really good art. A picker had found it abandoned behind an old brewery. At the time, we wondered a little why a seemingly perfectly fine painting would be discarded like that. Today, we don't. 
Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. One morning, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that the children in the picture were fighting and coming into the room during the night. Now, I don't believe in UFOs or Elvis being alive, but my husband was alarmed. To my amusement, he set up a motion-triggered camera. After three nights, there were pictures. The last two pictures shown are from that stakeout. After seeing the boy seemingly exiting the painting under threat, we decided the painting has to go. Please judge for yourself. Before you do, please read the following warning and disclaimer. Warning, do not bid on this painting if you are susceptible to stress-related disease, faint of heart, or are unfamiliar with supernatural events. By bidding on this painting, you agree to release the owners of all liability in relation to the sale or any events happening after the sale that might be contributed to this painting. This painting may or may not possess supernatural powers (laughs) that could impact or change your life. However, by bidding, you agree to exclusively bid on the value of the artwork with disregard to the last two photos featured in this auction and hold the owners harmless in regard to them and their impact, expressed or implied. Now that we got this out of the way, one question to you eBayers. We want our house to be blessed after the painting is gone. Does anybody know who is qualified to do that? Wow. Oh my god. And that's all in caps. Yeah. Wow. That is something. Do we have the photograph? One of them, yes. Which cool. I'm going to pull up in one second. Uh, remember that... Uh, Curiosity remember... sparked. <laughs> remember that foreshadowing <laughs> I talked about earlier. It's coming at you. This little eBay blurb got a lot of attention. <laughs> the listing was viewed 30,000 times. <laughs> it started to become a thing. People, there were people that actually went to the house to look at the painting, like in yeah. person. It started like attract visitors. Yeah. Many of which claimed supernatural occurrences or they claimed that they would get sick afterwards right. um, sure. after viewing the painting. But what's most interesting to me is a lot of people that just viewed the painting on eBay claimed these things. What? There was tons, <laughs> tons of people that made claims that after viewing this eBay ad, one person heard an exorcist-type voice. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Is it the voice of the exorcist or the voice of an exorcism? I don't know. <laughs> Is it a ghost? Oh. Is it the devil? Oh, I don't, my. I don't know. Is it the priest? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is it the one performing Is the it Linda Blair? <laughs> <laughs> Could really be any number of things. <laughs> Multiple people became ill and after viewing it on eBay. One of them said they had to burn white sage afterwards. <laughs> this is my favorite. Someone bought a brand new, had just bought a brand new printer that they were having zero problems with, but it refused to print a picture of the painting. <laughs> <laughs> the printer's like, nah. I'm not gonna do it. Someone else experienced a blackout, and others experienced what they deemed mind control experiences. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, the vagueness of a lot of these I claims. know, right? And this is all from looking, looking at an eBay ad. Um, so... <laughs> After that went on for, I think, a while, like, I I think it it went on for a while, and it kind of became an internet sensation. The painting was then, I'm actually surprised it didn't end up going for more money. Uh, The painting was bought by Kim Smith for $1,025, and it now belongs to Smith's Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Huh. So that's that's where it is now. Actually, I, I read something that once again, I don't know that how reputable any of these sources are, and it wasn't very specific, but there was something that said that there was a six-figure bid on it, but that, like, Kim Smith didn't take it. And I was like, I doubt that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, who would... Kim's like, no. I know. <laughs> no, it's mine. No, <laughs> too much yeah oh okay so this is the image that was allegedly <laughs> was allegedly taken in the house of the the ebay sellers <laughs> and that is the little doll holding a gun wielding a gun isn't that just a picture of the painting no it's this is in their house like it's outside it's outside the painting oh. like it the picture is it's her it's supposed to be her, like she exited yes. the frame. And she so, yeah. exited the pa- the painting and threatened. I can't remember if it's them or their children with a gun. Apparently, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and this is an image of that happening. Wow. Apparently, <laughs> not that convinced. It's not a good picture, and it no. doesn't look real at all. But no, um, I feel nothing. 
But yeah, I think you're totally right, though. I don't think she's holding a gun in, in the original. I think it just kind of looks like a gun. Yeah, so. yeah. But um, it looks the same to me in this as it does in the yeah. original. No, yeah, I think they, they doctored a photograph yeah, using for sure. that from... Yeah, and then yeah, they, then they 100%. photoshopped it a little bit, and so it looks more... I hope they had fun doing this. I, oh, I bet you they did. I bet you it was oh, a blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all the crazy emails they got and stuff. I bet yeah. you it was... Super fun. Uh, Either that or they are very troubled people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah, yeah, really? Who is to say? A website called surfingtheapocalypse.com. So a quote from Kim Smith, who bought the painting, just says, I wish I could report a bizarre happening or mind possession type of thing, but the unusual things started happening with the first email and counting. Prayers and quotes from the scriptures from a man of faith. Advice as to how to cleanse my residence of this evil thing from a Native American shaman in Mississippi. Reports of people being repulsed, made physically ill, or suffering from a blackout mind control experience. So essentially, once Kim took it over, he didn't experience anything, but he's been barraged with like crazy emails. (laughs) Oh, Kim is a dude? Yeah. Oops. Sorry, Kim. What an interesting life this painting has had, man. Like, I want to wrap up on is actually a quote from Bill Stoneham himself, which I think is really telling because he, as you could expect, has also received plenty of emails. Um, He also did two follow-up paintings, one called Resistance at the Threshold and Threshold of Revelation. Resistance, resist, and threshold. Those are the common themes. Yeah. Apparently they have, those paintings have been free of supernatural phenomenon. But a quote by Bill Stoneham to wrap up this spooky painting. We live in an age of science, of revelation, and hard realities and hard facts. But we are still drawn to the mysterious. And what is more mysterious than paintings? More than any other object, paintings are a -a one-of-a-kind thing created by someone using their hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, for sure. I, it doesn't sound like Bill puts too much in mm-hmm. it, the whole it being haunted thing, but <laughs> I mean, in some ways, I think it's repre- like because it's actually a very personal painting. Like when you yeah, think about the reasons behind it, it, I'm sure it expresses some of his own inner demons. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, so that's got to be really interesting too to have such a personal work take on such a life of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, yeah, it's, it's a cool painting. We'll obviously have it on our images for you to look at. It's creepy as shit. Yeah, it is. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so for the next painting, we have The Crying Boy by Giovanni Bragolin. I think I've got that one on here as well. Yeah. There he is. is. I saw this on a story. There was a story on Creepypasta that was written that was inspired by this painting. Not surprised. It wasn't that great of a story, or else I would suggest we read it. Also not surprised. So, um, this painting was done, I don't know the exact date of this one, but there was a whole series of them that he did beginning in the 50s of just crying children in general. Um, Beepy. Yeah, he did like 60 of them. So, that's a lot of... That's a lot. Sad children yeah. to paint. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to criticize <laughs> Bragoline, but like. <laughs> but like, what was going on? Yeah. Um, like, exactly. Like, why? Like, really? Like, why? why so many? <laughs> yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me almost of like 
a Precious Moments doll. Did totally, you guys yeah. Yes. Was, like, totally. Really big. But like it, it's a little boy with actual tears coming down his cheeks. Like he's crying. And the unifying motifs in these paintings are obviously crying children, but they're all really like idealized and made to be beautiful, while also looking kind of poor and a little disheveled or like. Um, just like untidy. Oliver Twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the ultimate kind of pull at your heartstrings is like a beautiful child that's like in distress and out of his luck. Or what's that phrase? <laughs> Down on his Down luck. Down on his luck. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. So 60 of these. And I guess I'm in the minority for thinking it's kind of a weird subject because they were super popular. And up until the huh. early 80s, they were mass produced as prints. And uh, in the UK alone, they sold sold 50,000 of them. So they were very popular. All right. Yes, which kind of leads into the whole mythos built around these paintings. This curse of the crying children came about in the 80s and really became a big deal when The Sun, which is a British tabloid magazine, their biggest one, published an article called... Blazing Curse of the Crying Boy, where they claimed that fires were occurring in houses that held this painting or print, and that everything burned but the painting. So they'd have these fires where everything, <laughs> everything burned, burned but the painting. <laughs> this kind of uh, became a topic that the son picked up when a firefighter claimed that he had seen, he had been to at least 15 residences where they had this painting up on the wall and it was never burnt. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So the story that I heard like a woman retelling it was that she was in her kitchen and she had like small children and her three-year-old came in and three-year-olds aren't like the most communicative beings <laughs> and was trying to tell her something's happening, led her to the other room, went into the living room where the whole room had kind of been set ablaze, like she said, flames up to the ceiling. This painting was above the mantle and it was just unscathed and everything else was going up. When the firefighter responded, he was like, oh, my God, not another one. And she was like, what? And then it became this thing. Yeah. The firefighter just... Yeah, damn it. Yeah. And he's like, holy <laughs> shit. Just like, yeah. Yeah. So then, like, it kind of evolves into, like, any time there's a fire in a place with this painting. And you have to... I mean, there's 50,000 just in the UK. Yeah. So, like, anytime there's a fire with any painting of a chi- crying child, it doesn't even have to be by Bragoline at a certain point. Just any artist who paints at a crying child that would be connected to the fires and it it just built up into this whole thing and then an additional rumor was sprouted somewhere that it was bad luck to destroy them (laughs) so like what do you do and the sun kept this momentum going and did a halloween bonfire the same (laughs) year yeah that they the same year that they came out with the article so they came out with the article in (laughs) september and in october had a bonfire with hundreds of these pictures and had, like, the fire brigade there to make sure that it didn't, like... Like, it was sanctioned. Like, it was allowed to do this. That actually sounds like a kind of weird event I would really like to be present for. For sure. Like an 80s British suburb just lighting a bunch of paintings of a crying boy on fire. Exactly. Yeah, that's an experience I'd like to have. Like, the levels of creepiness with, like, the subject matter and then all the paintings and all people wanting the paintings and then the fires and it's just, like, it's so strange. So, I love, my favorite part, though, is, like, the stories that get built around the painting. So the one of the theories is that it was a gypsy child, and so the parents cursed the uh, oh. painting and anyone who had it because he painted their gypsy child, and they didn't like that. Then there was another that the child had died in a fire, and his painting was or his uh, spirit was trapped within the painting. Avi. Yeah. And then it says the most enduring story was that he, the little boy accidentally set fire to the studio and killed the artist who had painted him. What? Yeah. No. No. I'm imagining like a like a 
It's like a demon child. Like, come in, you know, yeah. I'll paint you. Like, mom brings him in, and he's like, huh? Have you have you watched him. that movie, that Netflix movie with Adam Scott? In Little it? Evil. Little Evil. No. Great movie. Is Watch it, good? it. It's good. It's, it's yes. really good. Okay, I will. It, yeah, it's fun. It's very very self aware, and, <laughs> and I yeah plays on all the horror movie tropes. Well, Ooh, not all of them, but. Uh, it's good. Yeah, 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 it's really fun. So yeah, if you're looking for a fun, spooky movie for the season, check out Little Evil. I will do that tonight. <laughs> so, and then in the, in the story where he accidentally set the studio ablaze, uh, the artist died, so did his parents, and then the little boy just, like, <laughs> went around, and wherever the orphan boy went, fires ensued. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so he got the nickname Diablo an- or the devil. The entire world it engulfed in flames. Right? <laughs> just teetering around on his little toddler legs yeah setting shit ablaze and then like the final story they say is that he supposedly survived into his early adulthood but was tragically killed when his car crashed and burst into flames wow yeah so wow this child becomes very associated with fire sure which okay i like this part the fire brigade in the uk got really frustrated with people acting like these fires were caused by the painting because every single one of the fires could be traced back to like a human error yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> don't leave your fucking cigarette yeah. on the arm exactly <laughs> like there's not one situation where they didn't like find a logical explanation for the fire yeah so they were kind of just like all these people going around blaming fucking paintings <laughs> when you're just being like negligent, negligent about your <laughs> oh my gosh flames that's crazy though so and then as an explanation for like why it didn't burn because that on all accounts seems to be true that the fire that the painting was not burning and even in circumstances where there were other paintings and other paintings didn't burn and like the very logical explanation is that it was made with a fire retardant yeah uh, yeah paper or that it was covered with a fire retardant yeah layer for sure um so for those of you who still want a painting of a crying child in your home (laughs) there's no curse but (laughs) I mean, also, I, just personally, aesthetically, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't, no, I don't, I don't know why you, I mean, different strokes for different folks, but yeah. I don't know why you would want that. Yeah. It's just sad. It's sad, but also, like, not even in, I think, like, a really, like, like deeper, interesting way. No. It's, yeah. It's kind of no, yeah. just, like it's you commercially said. It's, it's commercial. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kitschy, kitschy. And, and that takes away some of the spookiness, in yeah. my opinion. I don't for know. Sure. Precious Moments, man. That's, like, all I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like a Pre- realistic yeah. Precious Moments doll. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, I think with the, the Bill Stoneham, I, uh, yeah. I, I take that because I think it's, like, genuinely terrifying. You yeah, know what I mean? Weird. Whereas this sure. one... Yeah, it's the mythos that makes this scary. Yeah, exactly. Myself. If I just saw this, I don't even think I would, like, look twice. I would just be like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just, uh, just uh, yeah, a, a commercially sad little baby boy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, and now for another painting of a creepy child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is Love Letters. Yeah, this one's pretty creepy, too. Yeah. (laughs) It is. The lighting is... 
kind of what's creepiest to me. But anyways. And, and a little smile. The yeah. smile and the lighting. Yeah. 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 So Love Letters is by Richard King, and it's a replica of an original painting by a British artist that I'll talk a little bit about later. But it's hung in the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas, which is supposed to be a very, very haunted hotel. And so a little bit more about the hotel. It was built in 1886 by Colonel Jesse Driscoll, who apparently himself haunts the hotel, has a portrait in the hotel that's also haunted. Nothing um, like a good colonial ghost. I know. You know? Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> like like a, a Masters, Master of None. You know what I'm talking about? I didn't finish the latest season. It's on the first season. It's oh. when they go to uh, Nashville and they're staying in the hotel. Oh, and, and there's yeah. a little creepy boy ghost. <laughs> and, and Aziz, I'm sorry, makes up a little voice for this like, oh, little yeah. colonial <laughs> southern boy. It reminds me of How I Met Your Mother when they move where Lily and Marshall move into their new apartment and it's crooked. And Marshall doesn't, like, Lily hasn't noticed. And Marshall doesn't want to tell her because it'll, like, ruin her life because yeah. they just spent all this money on on this apartment. Yeah. And so he's like freaking out and then like Lily's like what's wrong and then Marshall's like it's haunted the apartment's haunted <laughs> and then and then it turns into this whole thing it's like haunted by a confederate ghost <laughs> so then he's debating with uh what's her face Robin. Robin yeah debating with Robin like whether it's worse to tell her that the apartment is crooked or that there is like a confederate racist ghost like haunting their apartment dude I would rather a crooked apartment yeah, yeah. my place is kind of I noticed oh, when yeah. decorating. Yeah, you guys know that like pipe thing I have with the crystals in it. I used to have it up on my bookshelf. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. like from Calistoga, and it's where all the water comes through and the mineral buildup. Whatever, uh, it's round. It's a pipe. Oh yeah, and, yes, um, yes. I put it on my bookshelf next to my bed, and it just like rolled. It's <laughs> like oh, <laughs> cool. Oh. I love Calistoga. We should have a trip out to Calistoga sometime soon. It's such a cute little town. Yeah, literally it whenever is. I will go. Let's do it. Like right now, let's go. <laughs> Forget the rest Forget of the love letters. <laughs> Cut off at this point. Bye, guys. Happy Halloween. <laughs> go look up this painting. Oh, by yourself. Go to the Driscoll Hotel. I actually want to go. Yeah, we, we should do yeah, that. Too. There's a lot of ghost stories in the hotel itself. Apparently, it's haunted by two brides who were both stood up before their weddings and committed suicide in the same room 20 years apart, which is just the trope of the jilted bride. Exactly. I was just going to say, that's the, the, like, next to the colonial... has that shit. Yeah. The colonial ghost is the bride ghost. The jilted bride. Yeah. The bride ghost. Because... Colonial ghost. Once once you're left by a man, you must die. (laughs) And then you must haunt everyone forever. Because you're a bitter spinster. Because your life has just been so terribly ruined. I hate to be referencing TV shows, but there's... Did you guys ever watch Sherlock? The TV Mm -hmm. I heard it was really good. The BBC one? I think so... I don't remember who did it. With Benedict yeah, Cumberbatch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a great episode with that where it's, like, the only one that's, like, supernatural, so it's kind of, like, unique because he's dealing with that, but there's I should rewatch the one. Bread. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Always a Joseph That's a bread. good show. Yeah. It was, that one stuck with me, that episode, because it's different and creepy. Yeah, so there's some haunted brides there, ghost brides, but there's one particular ghost story that relates to this painting. So, uh, apparently the hotel is haunted by the ghost of a child girl named Samantha Houston. Um, So, Samantha was the four-year-old daughter of a U.S. senator, and they were staying at the hotel in 1887. She was chasing her ball down the stairs and fell to her death. So it's said that along the stairwell you can hear a child's laughter, running footsteps, and the sound of a bouncing ball. So where does the painting come in? Because you're like, what? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Love Letters by Richard King is a replica of Love Letters by British artist Charles Trevor Garland, um, which is, he was a late 19th century, early 20th century artist. And so the painting does not represent Samantha, but is said to look like her. So the theory goes that the ghost of Samantha somehow connected with this painting and became kind of one with the painting. So, like, she lives around the stairs, but she also lives in this painting. (laughs) 
Um, Depending on the day. (laughs) Depending on her mood. Um, So people claim... That would be dope, though, if part of being a ghost is, like, you can go into, like, painting world. Because, like, they're... Are some dope, dope landscapes that I'd like to explore. I wouldn't have chosen this one because there's not (laughs) shit behind her. No, nothing too exciting to explore in this one. But can you imagine, like, jumping into a dolly or something? Oh, Oh, it'd be a trip. Or, like, just a beautiful landscape. Right. That'd be Turner. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Casper David Friedrich and just, like, stare out. Oh, man. (laughs) Ghost by the sea. That's what that would be. Hashtag Ghost by the Sea. out there who can like make us some great meme artwork type thing. Yeah, Ghost, Ghost by, the, by sea. the Sea would be great, actually. <laughs> that. That'd be lovely. So people have long claimed that when they stand in front of this painting uh, of feeling nauseous, seeing the expression of her face change, which is creepy. Yeah. Which is creepy. Or when they stand in front of it for a while looking at it, they feel like they're levitating. (laughs) And floating. (laughs) That's not terrible, I guess. (laughs) So it's what's even more interesting to me about this whole thing is that I can't I couldn't find any information on Richard King. I couldn't find when the painting was made. It was commissioned and painted after Samantha died, not to like commemorate her or anything. As far as I can tell, the two things are not connected, but he himself is like a total mystery. And there's not even that much on Charles Trevor Garland who painted the original love letters, which is admittedly less creepy than this one. You know, I think the fact that it's in a very haunted hotel, it just kind of like yeah. became part of. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. someone was at this haunted hotel. They're feeling the haunted vibes. They yeah. saw this painting and they're like, well, that's a creepy little girl. And yeah. the rest is history. The rest is history. Maybe they ate too much Austin, Texas barbecue mm-hmm. and they were feeling nauseous while looking yeah. at this painting and they were like, whoa. <laughs> Dude, we gotta get to Austin. I, I know. I really, yeah. really want to go to Austin. Me too. We want to go to Houston too and check out the Rothko Chapel. Yeah. That's on my list as well. We, yeah. got, we gotta make a Texas trip. Yeah. Down. Art History Babes do Texas. Whoa. It could be a fun one. (laughs) Yeah, so that's Love Letters. We have a couple other ones we can kind of mention just for fun additional tidbits. A little shout out. There's The Dead Mother by Edvard Munch. Edvard Munch. You may know Munch, or Munch, sorry. I was watching this video. Did they call it like something, like pronounce it like something? Munch. Okay, no. and I disagree. I was like, no. I protest. I've never it's heard not, it called much. It's not, it's not much. That's not how you pronounce. No. It's Edward Monk or Munk, I think yeah. is the, the most legit. Yeah. But it's just not much. <laughs> it's not fucking much. Are they trying to argue that like that was the correct pronunciation or were they just a little They're bit... calling him that. Well, they were calling him that and then exactly. someone called it out in the YouTube comments and for some reason I was reading the YouTube comments on... Huh. It happens. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I ever do that. It's pretty much always a terrible decision. <laughs> but I was reading the YouTube comments, and someone mentioned it, and she, in a very nice way, she she just said, she's like, oh, maybe it's pronounced different in different places. And, like, I kind of be like, no, that's just no. wrong. And don't yeah. get me wrong, no shame. We pronounce words wrong all the time. Oh, yeah. yes. When you're corrected, you just gotta be like, oh, oops, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not much. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. It's just not. Where we draw the line? <laughs> we draw the line at Munch. <laughs> I know. So, The Dead Mother by Edvard Munch is objectively disturbing for mm-hmm. sure because it depicts a young girl standing with her hands over her ears and you can see a very pale dead woman behind her and Munch himself his mom and his sister both died of tuberculosis when he was five and I've also read to be fair I haven't checked it with legitimate academic sources but that his dad was a religious fanatic and was abusive and that he had to really fucked up childhood yeah. with his mom and his sister dying yeah, so young. And it does make sense. His work is mm-hmm. is a lot. Yeah, because like, like, <laughs> Scream is what probably most people would recognize Mook from 
Which is a very tormented painting. Yeah, he was a tormented guy, and his work shows it, definitely. So behind this girl is, yeah, this this pale woman. She's laying in bed, and she's dead, obviously. Which could be referencing, yeah, his own mother's death, because, you know, she was sick. I, I, so once again, different sources. I read that she died of tuberculosis. I also heard that she died in childbirth. Did she oh. die in childbirth of tuberculosis? Uh. <laughs> I don't oh. know. I don't know. It's so hard to be alive back then. I know, right? God. God damn it. But yeah, so... Yeah, and I saw a quote, and I'm putting quotes around the quote, because I, <laughs> I don't know how legitimate it is. But apparently, Munch said, Sickness, madness, and death were the black angels who watched over my cradle. Oh. That, you know... He very well might have said that. Yeah. Like, that sounds like... I could I could see that. Yeah. Sounds like a munch comment. A munch. <laughs> very munchy. Typical munch. <laughs> That's much for you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I I like this painting a lot. It's a great painting. Yeah, objectively weird and creepy. It represents angst, despair. I, I think, yeah, with the, the little girl with her hands on her ears, there's kind of this moment of just, like, mental anguish, like, yeah. insanity yeah. Yeah. kind Very of going on. Right. too. That's For the way sure. children cover their ears. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, I don't know why they do that, elbows out, but it's totally how kids cover yeah. their ears. Yeah. You, you get a feeling of just, like, loss of your loss of reality, like, it, w- it would be for a small child dealing for with sure. something like this. So, yeah, it's a great painting, but uh, people who have owned the painting have claimed that the eyes follow them <laughs> of this little girl. Which, I mean, I don't know, her eyes are very beady, so I yeah. don't... Yeah, there's, like, no pupil. Yeah. yeah. What, what followed you? I like, know. I, they're, yeah, they're just kind of little beads. Because, like, in Munch's style, like, it's got... The colors blend together quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, w- looking at an image on the internet is nowhere near the same thing as seeing a painting in person. But I do kind of have a hard time believing that the eyes yeah. followed anyone anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. There was also reports that the sheets of the mother's bed would rustle and move. That is creepy. Uh, yeah. yeah, if that happened, I would probably feel something. Yeah. Like the sound of rustle, rustling sheets. <laughs> um, rustling sheets in a painting is... That's creepy. Yeah, definitely. That's and creepy. I think the creepiest of all, um, there was, once again, I have zero sources really to back <laughs> this up, but apparently someone, the trend of the day, someone saw the girl's apparition leave the painting, so. Oh. So, I mean, yeah, that would be fucking creepy too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That would not be a normal occurrence, no. but. No, no. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these things, it's not that we're saying they're not creepy, it's just more like, did it happen? Yeah. For sure. I know, maybe if you were on psychedelics or something, yeah. then the girl could maybe move out oh, of the painting. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that could happen. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> no, thank you. No, because it's not... It's not like she would come out and start, like, doing stuff. No, like, it would just... Know. It would just become, like, a... Like, I wouldn't like it, it. It would just move out towards you or something. Like, but it would still be in the context of being a painted image. <gasps> I feel like that's just like such a common misconception with psychedelic drugs is people think like you see you're gonna see dragons or you're gonna see like people like dancing or like you're gonna just see crazy shit that's not there. Really it's just whatever you look at is gonna kind of play with play with dimensional space. Yeah, that that's enough. Sense. For me, though, to still be like, nah. <laughs> like, her, her slowly moving towards me is still something that I'm just not yeah. interested in. No, especially if you were in a situation where you were already thinking this was a haunted painting. That would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that would oh, not yeah. be... That would not oh, be yeah. an enjoyable experience whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want her coming out at me either. So don't surround yourself by haunted paintings if you're going to do yeah. drugs. I think it's immoral. It's what I'm trying to say. It's smart. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Practical. Yeah. Overall. Haunted paintings. There's some more of them out there. Yeah. Those were some of our favorites. Most of the links we're going to post have other haunted paintings discussed on their platforms. And they're very reputable resources such as uh, (laughs) mysteriousuniverse.org. This was fun. I (laughs) had one, like, arts-related website. They were all, like, 
ghost websites. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. Like, see, it, I would really love to see someone, I think this could be an amazing academic project, to do something like this in an academic capacity, like find out what their actual history of these paintings Right. Were. Like, especially right. the, the Bill Stoneham one. I think the fact that that painting took on such a life of itself and became yeah. this cultural thing. Oh, yeah. That could be a fascinating academic it would be. thing. And then we'd have some, like, actual source material. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess... Tips for future scholars. Yeah. I feel like it could go either way. Like, it could make a great academic writing, or it could be, like, great art historical fiction. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, you, gotta that go, be good. you gotta go to one extreme. Like, for all sure. truth, or just make it all up. And Yeah, I think any of these up. could be really great historical fiction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. you could do some cool things with these. Definitely. I actually wouldn't be surprised if some that exist yeah, out there. Yeah, like, probably. Haunted paintings. There you go. There they are. If you have any haunted painting stories for us, or just ghost stories in general, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or if you own a haunted painting, you want to tell us about it? Yeah. Please tell us about it. Inquiring minds want to know. Definitely. I know I've been rude and skeptical, but I promise to be open-minded. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucking love ghost stories. Yeah. Like, I really do. Yeah, we're just trained just, to be critical. Yeah. <laughs> That's who we are. I, I feel like it's such, I, I, I don't know, it's such a um, kind of contradictory thing, but I love it. Like, I love this shit. I love ghosts. Oh, yeah. And, like, creepy shit. But, yeah, we're we're trained to, to use... Find holes in stories. Yeah. yeah. To, to be critical thinkers, and... which is a positive thing, I think. I think... Uh, it is, especially... No. Yeah. <laughs> Being able to look at something and kind of flesh out the bullshit is pretty solid skill to have. Just going to put that out there. Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> haunted paintings. Yeah. Happy paintings. Happy Halloween. Happy haunting to all you out there. <laughs> also, if anybody has any dope Halloween costumes, you should also send those to us. Oh, yeah. Because I love... I get really into Halloween costumes and mm-hmm. I appreciate a well-done costume. So yeah. if anyone's, like, working hard on their costumes this year... Just tag the art history babes in your Instagram photos. Yeah. That's an art in itself. It putting really together, is. Putting together Halloween costumes is definitely an art. Yeah. Yep. It takes a lot of creativity. It does. A lot of work. It takes a good eye to do it well. But yeah. Happy Halloween. Stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Like an 80s British suburb just lying <laughs> with a bunch of paintings of a crying boy on fire. Exactly. Hello all, Corey again. If you want to become a patron and help make the continued production of Art History Babes content possible, as well as become part of the Art History Babes special community, head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. There's also a link in the show notes for you. Also, we're doing a giveaway in honor of the Patreon relaunch. You can be entered to win a goodie box, including a copy of our book, The Honest Art Dictionary, Art History Babe stickers, chocolate, a candle, these cute little art cards that Natalie has. Check our Patreon or our Instagram for pictures, but they're really fun. To be entered to win, become a patron. Every dollar pledged is an entry. So, for example, if you become a patron at the $3 level, $3 equals three entries. If you're already a patron, you just have to up your donation amount for entries. So, if you are currently at the $1 amount, up it to $5, and you get four entries in the giveaway. This giveaway will run all of October, and we will choose the winner on November 1st. Thanks again for listening and for your continued support. We're really excited to share all the new things we have in store with you. Bye! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.